return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. I'm just going to get right into it. I don't want to run out of time like I did last time that I spoke. Uh, Last time I spoke, I talked about making the most of your time and I couldn't quite get through everything I wanted to get through, so um, I have what I left with and more. Amen. Somebody say, and more. God's always wanting to fill us up with more. Amen. So as I found out as I studied this, there's so much more that God has to say about this. I'm sure I, I mean, any topic you could, you could preach hundreds of sermons on just because the word is that rich and that deep. Amen. Um, some, simple, but deep at the same time. And so making the most of your time, part two. So the last time I spoke, I talked about making the most of our opportunities and how we have these moments, these short periods of times uh, where we meet somebody or in somebody's life. It could be at the bank. It could be at the grocery store. It could be at work, at uh, church here. One of these moments, these short periods of time, and we can have an impact on people's life. So how many of, in the last week, you don't have to raise your hands, but just think to yourself, have you had an impact on somebody's life in the last week? Have you had an impact on somebody's life in the last month? We all have these opportunities where we, people in our sphere of influence, either that we, um, that we are older than or younger than, that we can have an influence. I talked to the youth this morning just about how they can have an impact on people's lives. The Bible says, let no one despise your youth. Amen. And, uh, and that, that even the young people, they can be a, a, a guide he was talking to Timothy, can be a guide to people that are already believers, to other believers. Amen. And so we want to do the same thing. We want to have these opportunities <clears throat> to have impact on people's lives. And it could be somebody that we see every day at our job. Maybe every single day we see them and we get to talk to them all the time. Or maybe it's, we just run, to, run into them at the grocery store. The other day, like I said, I was at Casey's and this guy had a side ache and I said, can I pray for you? And it was like a you know, 10-second prayer in Jesus' name, and God bless you, and then I left. But that was an opportunity. Amen. That was an opportunity for either me to take advantage of or not. Amen. So we're going to take advantage of these opportunities. And so when we see somebody, whether it's every day or just once in a while at the grocery store, we create this image of ourselves in their mind. Okay. Um, somebody at work maybe knows us a little bit better because they've seen us more. Somebody at the grocery store might just get a snapshot of who you are. But no no matter which one it is, you're leaving an impression, either good or bad or indifferent, you're leaving an impression in somebody's life. And not only you, but if they know you're a Christian, you're leaving the impression of who is is Jesus like? Okay, I know this person's a Christian and they're supposed to be Christ-like, so this is who I think Jesus is probably like, okay? And so it's important when we have these opportunities and it's important when we meet people and when we talk to people that we always try to keep that at the top of our mind. That we're not just representing ourselves, but we're representing Jesus Christ. We're representing the one who saved us. Amen. We're representing 
uh, who he is. The Bible says we're ambassadors for Christ. And so if we're ambassadors, it means that we're not going along life just saying what we want to say. No, the, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, is giving us things to say, and we want to say exactly what he's saying. An ambassador doesn't go to another country and say what he wants to say or she wants to say. No, the ambassador says what the president or the prime minister wants them to say. It doesn't matter what their opinion is about the situation. It doesn't matter if they think they should be in a war with a certain country. No, they're going to say what the president or the prime minister <clears throat> wants them to say. So they're going, to, they're going to have this impression of you. They're going to see if you're a kind person. Even just meeting you once, they're going to say, wow, that guy was really nice. He was very kind to me. Or they're going to see if you were bossy. They're going to see if you're indifferent towards them or maybe not listening in a conversation. Okay? And so every day we have these opportunities, and these are opportunities to let our light shine for Jesus. The Bible says we're the salt of the earth. If salt loses its flavor, um, basically it's worth nothing. It's worthless. And so as Christians, when we burn hot for Jesus, amen, and when we are, we're in our Bible, we're praying, we, we keep our flavor. Like, just like salt, we keep our flavor. Amen. And so we're also a light. We let our light shine for Jesus. I talked about Galatians 6, 9 and 10. The Bible says, Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are in the household of faith. So we want to do good to people, not only for our sake or for their sake, but for the sake of the gospel. Right? So every interaction is a chance to share the gospel. Whether you, whether you say anything about the gospel to them or whether you just, your interaction is kind or cordial or whatever, we're, we have an opportunity to share the gospel. Someone gossips about you, continue to talk well about them. Amen? Someone cuts you off in traffic, don't get upset, don't honk your horn out of anger. No, be reserved, right? Be patient. Now, I know some, some of you are probably like, oh, it's easier said than done. Or I've seen you, Pastor Rand, and you've, I don't know. But what are, what's, our, what's our goal? Our goal is to live like Jesus lived. Our goal is to show people the love of Jesus. Amen? So we want to take every opportunity to be a good witness. When we're showing kindness to others, we're showing kindness to God. I talked about Matthew 25 last time, and I want to read part of that again, Matthew 25, 37 through 40. The Bible says, the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to the one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. So when we show kindness to somebody, we're not just showing kindness to them, we're showing kindness to God. Amen. When we give somebody a good word, we're not just giving them a good word. It's a good word to God. It's for his glory. It's for his honor. Amen? When we, uh, you know, at the end of a, of a basketball game or a football game, when we take our trash and we throw it in the, in the garbage, we're not just doing it for the school. We're doing it for God. Amen? And that's how we want to live our life. We want to live our life doing things for the Lord. Okay? Even if we think that, well, this is just, this is inconsequential, there's, there's this isn't going to affect anything. No, it does, because everything we do, we want to do it for God. We want to do it for the Lord. And I love that he says, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Amen? No matter who it is. 
again, I'll preface by saying we want to be spirit-led, right? So I'm not just going to pick up a hitchhiker that maybe, you know, the Holy, you know, if I feel in my gut that this isn't probably a good thing, I'm probably not going to do that. But if the Holy Spirit tells me to pray for somebody, I better go and pray for that person, okay? Now, I love, Jesus is great because he forgives us. He gives us second chances. So if we do mess up and we don't take advantage of opportunities, I'm sure we've all had opportunities where we thought, I should have, I should have said something there. Or I should have prayed for that person. It's okay. Amen? God gives us grace. He gives us grace. Even when we mess up, even when we don't do what we're supposed to do, he gives us grace. Amen? We don't want to miss opportunities. The Holy Spirit tells us to do something, to pray for somebody, to buy somebody's meal, to, uh, to encourage them, and we don't do it, we miss an opportunity. And as we go through life, we have less and less opportunities, amen? But I think of every day as an opportunity. Every day, every time I speak to somebody, I'm always thinking, okay, how can I get the gospel message in there somewhere? What can I say? What can I do to just show somebody, hey, I love Jesus and he loves you. Amen. We want to take advantage of these opportunities. We want to be obedient to the Lord. Amen. These are three, three things that I have here. There's a lot more, but three things we want to take advantage of the opportunities, uh, why we want to take advantage of them. One is to be obedient to the Lord. Amen. Because Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. God loves our obedience even more than he loves our sacrifice. Amen. So we can come to church we can say, oh, I really wanted to sleep in, but Lord, I'm, I'm sacrificing my uh, sleeping in for you. No, he loves when we are obedient to him. Amen. So when we come to church or when we're fellowshipping with others or preaching the gospel, don't think of it as a sacrifice. Think, think of it as being obedient. Because that's what he loves. He loves when we're obedient. When we say, yes, Lord, I will do what you want me to do. I will say what you want me to say. The second thing it does, it plants a seed in someone's life to come to salvation. In the parable of the sower, remember, he's not deciding whether or not to plant the seed. Right? He has a bunch of seeds. He's not saying, well, should I plant it here and should I plant it there? No, he's planting good seed everywhere. The seed, remember, is good. So, you know, when, it, when the weeds choke out the, the seed or the sun dries it up, the seed was great. The seed was perfect. Amen. So the seed that we give to people and the message that we give to people is perfect. We just have to throw it out there. We just have to plant the seed. doesn't matter where we plant it. Some might fall on good soil. Some might fall on the stony rocks. Some might fall among thorns. We just got to plant it. Amen. We just got to put our faith out there to say, I'm going to, no matter if they reject it or not, I'm planting the seed and they're going to remember this. Hopefully they remember this conversation. You know, I want the, I want the person I prayed for to remember that. Amen. To remember that that I gave them a message that Jesus wants you well, that Jesus loves you, has a good plan for your life. And then the third thing it does is it brings glory to the Lord. Hallelujah. So there's a lot of other things. These are things that just God put on my heart, but it brings glory to God. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, Therefore, whatever you eat and drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. You might say, well, this is out of context. So he's talking about eating and drinking, things sacrificed to idols. Um, and, uh, and we're supposed to not ask, we're just supposed to eat it anyways. But he says, eat, drink, or whatever you do, anything that you do, do it all for the glory of God. Amen. 
So anything we do, anything that we do in our life, when we're, when we're laying down to sleep, when we're rising up from the bed, when we're going to work, when we're getting ready, uh, when we're talking to our families, talking to our coworkers, do it all for the glory of God. I know in the morning sometimes for me it's like, okay, you know, I'm not, I'm not much of a morning person. Lord's, I'm, I keep on asking the Lord to make me a morning person. I don't know if that's how it works, but uh, put my faith out there. Um, but I got to kind of remind myself that like, okay, you know, this is going to be a good day. I'm going to, I want to do what I, I can do for God's glory, right? If we're walking in the fruits of the Spirit towards people, we're giving glory to God. Amen. Love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, right? If we're walking in those things on a daily basis, that, that gives glory to God. He loves those things. He loves when we love people. He loves when we show kindness and when we're patient to people. Just pick any one of those that, you're, that maybe you struggle with and just, just focus on that. Maybe you're not a very patient person. Lord, help me to be more patient. And I tell you what, God will give you opportunities, but... The devil also gives opportunities for us to be patient, right? Something will happen that's not God-led, that it's, that it's Satan-led, and we have to be patient in that area, right? And the devil, he'll, he'll, he'll uh, attack that part of the fence until you're, you've gotten that really well secured. <clears throat> so if he, if he attacks you in the area of patience and you don't handle it very well, well he's just going to keep on attacking that area, see if he can get through but as we read the word and trust in the Lord to say, to, to help us with that part of our life, then less and less is that going to affect us. If we're walking in the flesh, if we're unkind, if we're unjoyful, walking in bitterness towards people, we're not bringing glory to God. In Paul's letter to the Colossians, he says something similar, Colossians 3.17, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So we have want to do it for the glory of the Lord, but then also do it in the name of the Lord. I can't say that every interaction I have with someone is, I can confidently say that I did that in the name of the Lord. But that's what we strive to do, right? To be able to look back and say, um, to be able to, to put the label on there, that was in the name of the Lord. What I did, that action, or that word that I said was in the name of God. That's where we want to be, but we haven't arrived there. Another verse is Colossians 3.23. Colossians 3.23 and 24 says, Whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. And, excuse me, so this is what I was talking about. When we do things, we're not just doing it to people, but we're doing it as unto God. Amen. I love what verse 24 says in the Amplified Classic. It says, Knowing with all certainty that it is from the Lord and not from men, that you will receive the inheritance, which is your real reward. The one whom we are actually serving is the Lord Christ, the Messiah. So when we serve our spouse, amen, when we serve those at work, um, we're not just serving them, we're serving Jesus. We're serving the Lord Christ, our Messiah. I love in John, when John talks about uh, Jesus washing the disciples' feet. And I've always thought, you know, that, that maybe in the moment John didn't realize it, but as he's writing the letter, as he's writing the book of John, you know, you don't, you don't hear him say the one whom Jesus loved until after he writes about Jesus washing his feet. He doesn't call himself that until that point. Late in John, in the book of John. And I always think that he just got a revelation. As he was recalling the events that happened, and he's writing it down, he thought, wow, 
He must have really loved us. He must have really loved us to serve us like that. Jesus said, I'm serving you, which means you can go out and serve others the same way. Right? He wants us to be servant leaders. And leaders in the body of Christ, servant to people. So whenever we do anything, we want to keep in mind that we are, one, doing it for His glory. We're doing it so that He's glorified. Amen. Two, we're doing it in His name. And three, we're actually doing it to Him and not to men. So everything we do is for God, to God, and in His name, in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to ask ourselves these questions. Did my inter- when, we, when we talk to somebody... Did my interaction bring glory to God? Did what I do or what I say, did that bring glory to the Lord? Could I put his name on it? Did my action, is it, is it worthy to put his name on the action? Would I have done the same thing or said the same, same thing as if it were Jesus I was talking to? If I was talking to Jesus, would I have reacted or responded that, that way? Now, these are questions you're probably maybe not thinking in the moment, but as you reflect on your day, right, we can ask those questions. That's how we grow. Asking, you know, in, in, in a class, whenever you ask the teacher a question, most teachers welcome questions. Professors welcome questions because what? It allows you to grow in that subject. They know more than we do in a subject that we're learning at a, at a high school or a college, <clears throat> Right? Or on the job, if you're asking your supervisor questions, they know more about that process maybe than you do. Right? What is it for? It's for us so that we can grow. When we ask ourselves questions about how we handle situations, and what we're really doing is we're asking the Holy Spirit, Lord, show me in the Scripture how I can be better at this. We are growing in the Lord. We're growing in our faith. We're growing as a Christian. Right? So we want to continue to grow. We want to continue to ask questions like that. And those are sometimes hard questions. Maybe um, we're going through something and it's just hard to be kind to somebody. It's hard to, uh, to, show, to be joyful. Or it's hard to be patient. But as we ask ourselves the question, am I doing it for God's glory? Would, would, would the Lord be satisfied with, my, with what I said or with what I did? And then we can look internal. The Bible says that it is, um, it is good for correction amen, and reproof. When we do that, you know, we're pruned through the word. It's like, ooh, how do I get rid of that? How do I get rid of that bitterness? How do I get rid of that impatience? Well, go to the Bible and say, what does the Bible say about it? And now, more than ever, it's easy to go online and say, oh, I wonder what the Bible says, all the scriptures on patience. You can just type it in Google. Google, what's all the scriptures on patience? They're like, there's 172 scriptures on patience. Right? One thing that... that um, I don't know, I think it would be a great idea and, and, you know, if you haven't done it already, but um, if there's an area that you're struggling with, maybe there's something that you're really struggling with, just find verses and just make it into a little book and, like, you know, just continue to speak those over. Deb talks about declarations. She's having a series on declarations again. And, and really declaring the Bible over yourself is going to help you fulfill all that God has for you. He's gonna, it's going to help you Tap into the fullness of God. That's our inheritance, amen? The fullness of God is our inheritance. He doesn't want to, it's not just when we die, we go and we live in glory. No, he wants the fullness on earth. He wants us to live in the fullness of him, 
even while we're here. Hallelujah. Because I tell you what, there isn't a lack of opportunities in this world. There's not a lack of opportunities in this church, in Brookings, in the school where you work. The opportunities are there, amen? Matthew 9.37 says, he said to his disciples, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. So the question is, what type of laborer are we? Are we a hard-working laborer for the glory of God? Or do we just kind of float through life, uh, thinking about ourselves, maybe giving a kind word here and there? We want to labor in the spirit, amen, and not in the flesh. I think you see a lot of Christians, um, I'll just talk about pastors, pastors get burnt out sometimes because maybe they're laboring in the flesh a little bit. They're like, I have to do this, I have to be at this meeting, and I have to go to this nursing home, and I have like seven things to do. I don't have time to read the Word, so I'm just going to, out of my flesh, do God's work. And that's possible to do it out of, out of the flesh. I mean, to, to be able to, to, to go to the meetings and pray for people and people to receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit and be born again, but... As for me, doing it out of the flesh, what happens? My body gets run down, right? We're not, our flesh isn't supposed to carry that much. But when we, when we have the Spirit with our flesh, when we have the Spirit, and the Spirit is leading the charge, amen, then our flesh gets rejuvenated. We want to labor in the Spirit, not in the flesh. So if we're speeding, feeding our spirits in the morning, before the day starts, and we walk in the Spirit towards people during the day, we're not going to be hindered as much by our flesh. Right? But if we don't do that in the morning and we kind of starve our spirit, then that, our flesh has, is kind of opportunity to take over our day. So if we feed our, flesh, our spirit in the morning and we're able to walk in the spirit throughout the day, hallelujah, then our flesh is going to have to take a back seat because we're training ourselves, we're, we're Allowing the Holy Spirit to take charge in our life. Allowing the Holy Spirit to be present in conversations. Amen. Matthew 26, 41 just talks about how the Spirit is willing. Our spirit wants to go out, wants to evangelize and preach the gospel. Our spirit doesn't get tired. Our spirit, man, is willing. It's strong. It wants to get out there and continue to evangelize. The Bible says that our Holy Spirit inside of us searches the deep things of God doesn't get tired, doesn't, doesn't sleep. Even when, if you've ever had dreams, God's given you visions and dreams, the Holy Spirit is, is the one doing that in you. Amen. Not every dream, but dreams that are edifying, dreams that um, are for His glory. The Holy Spirit is churning in us just all the time, just wanting to come out. Our spirit is on the one side encouraging us to do the right thing encouraging us to talk to somebody, encouraging us to pray for somebody. And the flesh is on the other side, encouraging us to not do those things. Our, my, my flesh encourages me to stay in bed. My flesh encourages me to get that extra half an hour so I don't read the Bible. But my spirit is saying, no, get up. You can do this. You can do this. Right? It's like a boxer when a boxer gets knocked down and the, the corner is like, get up, get up. Our spirit does that. Get up. Keep fighting. Don't let the flesh can't. doesn't have any authority over you if you take authority over it. Amen? So we want to listen to our spirit. We want to listen to what our spirit's saying to us. Amen. 
And what the devil wants to do is he wants to take something pure. So even a conversation, he wants to take something pure. He wants to pervert it. He doesn't want it to go the way God wants it to go. Real quick, I just want to look at a scripture that talks about the Old Testament law, Romans 7, 7. Where the Bible says, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? Certainly not. On the contrary, I would not have known the sin except through the law. For I would not have known covetousness unless the law had said, you shall not covet. But sin, taking opportunity by the commandment, produced in me all manner of evil desire. For apart from the law of sin was dead. So let's stop right there. Sin took opportunity. So I'm talking about opportunities here. Okay? And we can take advantage of opportunities. The, the devil also takes advantage of opportunities. Okay? So, so the Lord made this covenant, this old covenant, that was, wasn't perfect, but it was what was the best at the time, right? And if everything went how it was supposed to go, there would be no sin. Israel would follow all the laws, and, but they couldn't do it. Why? Because of their flesh. And so you see this Old Testament law, and it says that sin took opportunity by the law, by the commandment. And it produced in me all manners of evil desire. So instead of, instead of the law doing what the Lord wanted it to do was to, um, to get, you, get us or get the Jews from not doing the things that were bad and evil, sin took opportunity to say, no, I, it's more fun over here. You should just do this. Took opportunity. Let's go to verses 9. I was alive once without the law, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. And the commandment, which was to bring life, so again, the, the whole point of the law, the commandment was to bring life, but sin, taking opportunity, it said, I found to bring death. For sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me and by it killed me. Therefore, the law is holy and the commandment holy and just and good. I mean, we can have great intentions with some things that we do, but if we don't guard ourselves, we don't stand on the word of God, Sin's going to take opportunity to deceive us into doing something that we don't want to do. Even Paul said, and this isn't anything to, you know, it's not like, I don't want to beat you down. I mean, Paul even said, I do the things that I hate to do, and I don't do the things that I wish to do. Right? So, it's not to, not to beat us down. I'm just saying that just as we want to take opportunity, and the Holy Spirit wants to take opportunity in people's lives, sin also wants to take opportunity in people's lives. So even when righteousness existed, the devil took opportunity to produce that evil desire that people feel. We always want to use opportunity to grow in the, war, in the Lord rather than squander them to the devil. Amen? There's a spiritual warfare all around us, like a tug of war, you know, and um, you have one team on one side, the other team on one side, you're trying to get the little hangy thing over on your side. Well, it's like the spirit in the flesh, right? Which side are we on? We're on the side with the spirit pulling, trying to get that rope over, or we're on the side with the flesh. And you know what determines that? It's not what your intentions are, but it's how much you're in the Bible. How much do you uh, allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you? Somebody could be in the, you know, I, and I say in the Bible, but somebody could be reading the Word every single day, but if they're not willing to change, sin is taking opportunity. Okay? So we can be in the Word, and, and that's, that's something that we should do. Um, but the Bible says we not only hearers of the word, but doers of the word. And to be doers of the word, we, we all have to change. None of us are there, right? None of us are perfect. None of us have arrived. So as we read the Bible, to say, well, I don't need any work in that area. That's a lie from the devil. 
because we all need work in every area. We might be better at some things than others, right? Somebody might be more patient and have that, and that's something that's a real strong point. Okay, we can leave that. All right, what do I need to work on? Amen? Because we all have things we need to work on as well. So there's a spiritual war for all around us. And in the mornings, when we're tired, we have the opportunity to either read, pray, or get that extra hour of sleep. And I've got to be honest, there's been times where I've taken that extra hour. I'm like, oh, wow, I'm really tired. I didn't get to bed. I didn't sleep very well. You start making excuses for why you should sleep in, you know. But what am I doing when I do that? Well, I'm starving my spirit. Especially if I don't get an opportunity later on to do it. I'm starving my spirit. I don't want to do that. I want to feed my spirit. I want to take opportunity to, uh, to be refreshed in the spirit rather than even refreshed in the flesh. And I guarantee you, even if you take that extra hour, you'll probably be more groggy than when if you would have just woken up in the beginning. Right? As we take opportunities to get close to God, we'll be led into more opportunities to be a witness in the world. And I, you know, I, I, like I said, the last time I spoke was, I think, July 10th. And this was right after Dave Spolin's funeral. And somebody who really embodied this was Dave Spolin. You know, just listening to the testimonies at his, at his funeral, at his going home party. Um, everything about that memorial service really blessed me. You know, and, and the place was packed. I remember that. It was just packed in here. And I was in the back. And just hearing people one by one come up and tell how Dave had an impact on their life. I was like, wow. Amen. I don't know if you remember, but one of the ladies said, even though you couldn't talk about Jesus or the Bible at school, Dave was a walking Bible to those he met. You know, you can, you know, we've heard it here. Pastor Dave's taught that. We want to be a walking Bible. But to hear it from somebody that doesn't go here and doesn't hear that all the time, and to use those exact words, it's pretty special. Just say, yeah, Dave, you know, he couldn't talk about Jesus in the Bible. He was a walking Bible. <laughs> Doesn't mean that he always quoted the scriptures when he talked to people. Doesn't mean that he, you know, he, he always prayed for somebody to receive salvation or anything like that when he was on the street. But he did show the agape, unconditional love that the Bible talks about. Amen. He showed that love. You know, there are some things that, that uh, I had heard later you know, just going to the kid to the kid's soccer game. You met this guy just on the street, and his kid played soccer, and so he went and watched soccer in like the freezing cold. This is Dave. I mean, just just amazing things that that most of us would say, oh, I I'm too busy, I can't do that. And Dave just had time. Amen. He just had time for people, and that's one thing that we want to be able to do is, especially people that we know, and even of those of the of the faith. Amen. We want to just have time for people. Okay? We're, not, we're not all so busy that we can spare a couple minutes to talk to somebody or to pray for somebody. I always, you know, even when I was back there, I just wondered to myself, um, because everyone that came up, you just, I feel like they, they mentioned the name of Jesus or God in, in their message about Dave. And I just kind of wondered, how many of those former students didn't know the Lord? And now, because just the seed that was planted of kindness, um, maybe are, are born-again Christians who love the Lord, or at least have thought about, you know, becoming a Christian, thought about believing, amen. And so for us, our, you know, um, when, when, we have Dave, when we had Dave's service here, 
the legacy that he left was a legacy of Jesus. Amen. It wasn't just, you know, yeah, it was all about, all about him, but you could just tell, I mean, you could go walk away from that saying, wow, Dave really loved Jesus. <laughs> Amen. It was a legacy for him. So Dave lived his life as unto, unto the Lord. A lot of what he did was in the name of Jesus. Amen. A lot of what, of what he did brought glory to God. And that's what we want to do. We want to make the most of our time. We don't know how long we're going to have here. Right? We don't know. I mean, you know, we want to, every day, I'm, I'm prepared. I'm 35 years old. I, I don't expect to pass away anytime soon. Um, but every single day, I'm, I'm ready. Like, Lord, if, if I do go today, like, I'm ready. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm living for you. My, I live my life for you so that I'm ready to go if I, if I have to go, if, I, if I'm going to go. That's how we want to live, amen? We don't want to be ashamed of the gospel. We want to use opportunities to show the gospel. Amen. And why the Bible says that, that we shouldn't be ashamed of the gospel? It says we're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it's the power for salvation for everyone who believes it. Amen. That's why we're not ashamed is because it's not for our sake, but it's for those that are going to receive it. There's power to save in the gospel. There's power to save for those who believe it. Hallelujah. We're going to get in a little early today, I think, but I just have a, uh, another verse here, and we're going to close. Ephesians 5.15, <clears throat> in the Amplified Classic, says, Look carefully, then, how you walk. Live perf- purposefully and worthily and accurately, not as the unwise and witless, but as wise, sensible, intelligent people, making the very most of the time, buying up each opportunity because the days are evil. So, I look at this, this phrase, buying up each opportunity. Um, I think of, you know, if you go to the store, you know, they had a, they had a sale the other day. It was uh, blueberries for 99 cents. And I was like, awesome, because our kids love blueberries. Hard to eat them, get them to eat any fruits and vegetables sometimes, but they love blueberries. I was like, sweet, I'm going to get them. And so I got, like, I got not just one. I got, like, three, four packs of blueberries because I was like, yeah, these are going to go by quickly. I want to take advantage of the sale. So when we buy up each opportunity, so if I were to buy all the blueberries in the store, would anybody else get any blueberries? No, right? Unless they had another shipment in. But no, at that moment, nobody else would get any other blueberries. I'd be buying up all the blueberries. When we buy up every opportunity, that leaves no opportunity for the devil. And when we buy up every single opportunity to show kindness, to plant a seed in somebody's life, the devil doesn't have any opportunity. So I just encourage you, buy up the opportunities that God gives you. Buy up opportunities every single day. Amen? And then verse 16 in the, just the regular Amplified says, Making the very most of your time on earth, recognizing and taking advantage of each opportunity, and using it with wisdom and diligence because the days are filled with evil. So, there's kind of steps to do it, to taking opportunities. First, you have to recognize the opportunity. Amen. And the more time you spend with the Lord, the more you're going to recognize an opportunity before it even comes. The more you're going to be looking for opportunities. Amen. So when I talk to somebody, I'm always hoping that there's an opportunity to get something in about Jesus. Somebody I was just talking to today from um, you know, from Dactronics that I hadn't seen in years, um, friends with them on Facebook and everything, um, doesn't, 
I don't believe know the Lord or anything like that. Um, but saw them today and just, you know, went up. And so I, I always think, all right, how can I mention Jesus? How can I, <laughs> you know, and so I just went up. Angeline and I went up. We just started talking to him and just, hey, you know, how are your kids doing? And I see the pictures on Facebook and all these things like that. And she was with somebody else. And, and uh, but just a good conversation. Wouldn't believe how I believe, you know, um, based on things I, you know, see in here, or not here, but just see. But just taking an opportunity to just plant a seed. And at the time, there wasn't really the opportunity to pray, but at the end, I just said, well, I just, you know, bless you in Jesus' name. You know, and as we were kind of walking away. But I just thought, okay, maybe I didn't get done exactly what I wanted to. I'd love to pray for her. Um, but she said everything was going great. And I'm like, praise the Lord, good job. But I was able to still plant a seed, mention the name of Jesus, bless her, amen. You know, just even saying bless you, when we say that to somebody, it releases that blessing in the air. So even just say, God bless you. No, if you mean, if you if you think about actually what you're saying, you're 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 saying bless you and not curse you, amen. You're saying blessings on your life, blessings on your family, amen. And I just think, you know, this is an opportunity just to just to show love, just show that I care. And, you know, and then it also gives me the opportunity to, like, oh, yeah, I kind of forgot about her. So I'll write her name down, pray for, you know, and just hopefully meet again. Hope that that was a seed planted, that she can remember that. And, you know, she's like she said, like I said, we're on Facebook, we're Facebook friends. And there's people that in the past I thought would have never listened to a sermon of mine on Facebook, but then they come and say, yeah, I listen to your sermons uh, every once in a while. I'm like, really? Like, you you do? But, no, it's a seed planted. Amen? But if I was, you know, if I didn't give her the time of day and I was harsh and other different things, well, there's no reason. Why would she listen to a sermon of mine? Why would she care about what I had to say? If I was harsh to her, if I if I acted like I didn't know her or whatever. No, when we, give, when we have these opportunities, like the Amplified Classic said, when we buy up these opportunities, it doesn't give the chance to, for the devil to do anything. Amen? The only way we can recognize and take advantage of these opportunities is through the Holy Spirit. Amen? And I feel like I've said this, I feel like this has kind of my, been my, my message for the last year. Um, but the more I study and the more I prepare for messages and different things, the more I think, Lord, we just can't do anything without your Holy Spirit. <laughs> Amen? So I can talk up here until I'm blue in the face, but if it's not Holy Spirit-led, um, then we're not doing it right. Amen? So as long as it's Holy Spirit-led, as long as we rely on the Holy Spirit, we're going to make the most of the, our opportunities on this earth. Amen? So even, you can even evaluate, you know, every day, you know, if you're really zealous every day, every week, every month, did this last month bring honor to the Lord? Honor to the Lord. Right? Self-evaluation. Self-evaluations are good. I didn't like them when I was, when I was working, but um, spiritually, self-evaluations are great. I mean, we can kind of see where we're at in our certain areas of our life. So I just hope you were encouraged today. You know, we all, again, we all have opportunities. It doesn't matter where we're at in life. Um, you know, I'm sure all of us here have family members that aren't saved. Um, we're, I'm going to be going to a family reunion next Sunday. I'll be gone next Sunday. Um, we have a family reunion down in Iowa that we do every year. I think it's been going on for like 52 years now, something like that. 
And, uh, and every, the, the lady who hosts it, my Aunt Lula is 93, and she hosts it. She lives by herself out in this little farm area. I don't know how she does it. Um, she's very tough. But she always wants me to give a message on Sundays for it. And then this year, my grandpa passed away in April, and, uh, and so I'm going to be doing a kind of a memorial service. Um, I, I did the funeral, but kind of a memorial service at the family reunion. And I'm just so excited because I get to, again, tell people about Jesus. You know, and, and probably half of, the, half of my family members there don't know, don't know the Lord. They, they have never accepted Jesus, and I think, wow, you know, it can be kind of intimidating sometimes to maybe talk to your family about it. I don't know where you're at, but um, I'll tell you what, it's so beneficial. It's so beneficial to them to see, wow, you know, I'm, I'm related to this person, and, you know, they're going through the circumstance, or they're going through these things, but they just seem happy. They just seem full of joy. Amen. So I get an opportunity on Sunday just to be a witness, just to be a minister of the gospel to people. And throughout this rest of this week, this week, you guys are going to have opportunity to do the same thing. You'll have opportunities to minister the gospel through kindness, through action, to be that walking Bible that people need in their life. Amen? Amen. Well, Father, we just thank you uh, for tonight. Lord, we thank you that we can walk according to the Spirit and not according to the flesh, that you've given us the strength, that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, Lord, that we are more than conquerors. Father, I just thank you for a boldness that hasn't been seen here um, in a long time in Jesus' name, a boldness just to speak out um, in your name, Jesus, a boldness to, uh, to be a witness of the gospel, a boldness to just, just show love and show kindness and all those things. The Bible says you're kind, to the unthankful and to the evil, Lord. So even those who are against us, Lord, that we can continue to show kindness, that we can continue to show your goodness and your love towards them, Lord. There's no substitute for it. There's no substitute for your love, Lord. We just thank you for all the opportunities we, that we do have. We thank you that we live in the time that we're living in now. Lord, we don't take it lightly. We don't take it for granted. Lord, that we are ambassadors for you. And Lord, until our last breath, that we are ambassadors for you, Father. And so I just right now pray a blessing on everybody here, Lord. I thank you that as they, as they see people in the grocery store and on the job, Father, wherever they're at, that they'll remember this. They'll remember that they have an, a, an opportunity to sow a seed. Lord, and that they listen to you. That they say what you want them to say. So, Father, I just thank you for a great night, a great week for everybody here, that you are working and moving in their lives and the lives of the people around them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering tonight. Hallelujah. He's good. He's working. Amen. Amen. We well, guys have a blessed day, a blessed rest of the day, blessed week. If you need any prayer, you can certainly come up, and I'll pray with you. But otherwise, you are dismissed. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylifeatbrookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., 
Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.